What's up, everybody? This is another episode of a Trucker Vlog, right? So I'm going to get jump right into it here. I'm going to start. There's a couple of stories I want to talk about here. I want to talk about this whole brake slack adjuster thing that I saw on TikTok. I wanted to elaborate on some of that. I want to talk about my experience dealing with Houston where there was no electricity or water when I went there. And I got stuck out there basically for a day, right? And, you know, you had to figure out a way to do things. So anyways... So basically, you know, that's kind of what happened, right? I was in Houston. I was going north and south, Houston to Denver, Houston to Denver, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I was going back and forth doing all that stuff. And it was an interesting thing because it was just crappy weather, right? I had been out of trucking for a while. I got back into it. Here we go back into the, the snow. So my whole mentality during this whole thing was to be safe, drive a little bit slower, keep going, try to be productive, and do the best I can to just not be part of an accident right that's the whole deal i was like ah, i gotta be safe 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 don't be part of the accident don't be part of the problem is all this on here recording yeah it is so don't be part of the problem right so that was the biggest thing for me anyway was don't become part of the problem and consequently you're you're just driving slower you you just can't be as productive as you wish you you know you try to be disciplined and you just keep getting delayed and delayed which is not a big deal because you know it's nothing that's done it's out of kind of everybody's hands, right? It's like, you know, my lack of experience with driving in a ton of snow, which means I just got to be realistic and be self-aware as a truck driver to just t slow it down just a little bit. Be safe, right? You, again, you don't want to be part of an accident. So I'm going north, south, and I start making my way. And I don't know, I get a load from Denver going to Houston. And I don't know about the no electricity, no water thing. I'll focus on just being safe and driving and everything. I look at the weather. Weather report seems better. I hear, you know, I'm listening to the radio and I know about the accident that that big pileup in, in Dallas-Fort Worth already happened. They cleared it up. And then there's been, you know, everything's been declared a state of emergency. So I figured everything's been going to be a little bit better, right? So anyways, I go down there and again, the weather's bad the whole way down there right you got snow ice and you just take it slow you go a little slower you just don't stop obviously you're not going to make good time but um again i just don't want to be an accident so i get down all the way down to hern texas right i get I, I get loaded get down all the way to hern texas and i go in that truck stop and it's weird because over there i've never seen ice over there right so you have ice and that particular loves in hern texas it has a sloped kind of driveway where you go around to go into a fuel island so it's weird because again they didn't think of that whole setup they didn't think of that whole setup with ice and mine they did not so you're you're looking at that setup i'm like i gotta get out of here the ground wasn't plowed because they don't they don't have all that right so you have this truck stop that's kind of a disaster mess and i was going to shut it down there but that was kind of like the first thing right because i'm starting thinking to myself okay I, I gotta start shutting it down. So I think of option A, B, and C. That was option A. I had other options, but option A was to go there and it just was a disaster there. They had all those electrical company boom trucks, those big kind of work truck boom trucks with all like, you know, the big booms. And there was like a bunch of them there and they basically took over that little extra little spot over there. And I said to myself, damn, that's it's interesting that it was there, right? So I said, maybe I gotta look at the news a little bit more. So then I go in there and there's no water right and i'm like oh, okay so you can't use the restroom i go i gotta get out of here so i just gotta keep going i gotta find another safe spot to park and the weather's not getting better right so i look at the weather report it's gonna get a little bit worse overnight so i gotta i'm not gonna drive overnight so i gotta shut it down so so anyway so that being said 
I find a place to park. It's an off-ramp. Um, you know, I, I shut it down there. I said, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm a little bit of time go by. I'm going to evaluate what we got going on over here. I'm just going to keep going. And so I did that, and it worked. And the roads were a lot better. Uh, obviously, the, the Texas Department of Transportation already had the maintenance crew. Already, you know, they're salting the roads. They're doing a lot better, right? A lot better in terms of, you know, being able to access the freeways and all that. So I go down the way. I go to deliver my drywall, and everything is off. I hear about the, no, no, oh, and then I stop at another truck stop to use the restroom, and they don't have water either. I said, how is this possible that these two far cities don't have water? So then you do more research, turns out that nobody in the whole city has water because everything is froze over, so you have all that kind of crazy situation. It's the eeriest feeling ever, and you look at it, you go to, you, I go to deliver in Houston, there's no electricity, no water. I go to this drywall place, it's shut down, and I call the boss, and then we're like, okay, we, you know, so I got there in the morning. But we got to wait till the next day. There's nothing you could do about it, right? So it's like, you know, everything is kind of messed up there. There were some other trucks there waiting to get unloaded. So I wasn't the first one. Turns out in retrospect, one of those guys had been there for four days. The other guy was a day before me. And so, um, so everybody's been waiting there. So then it was eerie because the no electricity, completely no electricity, no, no street lights. I mean, there was a gas station I parked next to. And it was just, it was boarded up. There was no like power going to like the signals. Like you couldn't put gas. I, I just watched a bunch of people try to put gas. And that whole deal was, it was so interesting, right? Because you see, you know, all major cities, you always see the buzz of activity. And it was weird because I was going to try to drive to Walmart and try to, you know, go do that. And I drove my truck and dude, all the street lights were turned off. So I was like, this is asking for an accident of some kind. So anyways, I got back to a safe area right by where I was going to deliver. And it was just eerie, man. I woke up the next day, still nobody there. I ended up being able to deliver because I guess the boss called the broker and they sent two guys out. They unloaded all of us. We got out of there. I was like, boom. It was just the creepiest, weirdest feeling. The fact that those two services weren't available, right? The water, you don't see it, but it's just, you know, it's a weird thing. Everybody was staying put, caused everybody to just stay home. So, then you have that, so then I, I got unloaded, got reloaded, and got out of there. Then I go through Interstate 10, which is traditionally a smooth path, right? You can just go on 10, cruise all the way, and the 10 is like 700 miles in the state. So I'm going to the West Coast, and that 10 freeway was horrible, man. That 10 freeway was traffic. There was slow. It was slow and go. There was ice where there was never probably ever ice. You had that whole scenario, right? It was just weird that the fact that like everything was kind of... Uh, it was bad weather over there. Then you have the Houston and Denver. I mean, between Houston and Denver, they both get, they were both experiencing bad weather, but Denver, Colorado, you know, and they don't call it, they deal with it a lot better. They just deal, the, the weather was actually worse in Denver, but they deal with it a lot better. So the compare and contrast to the fact is that Houston was not prepared for it and the weather was really horrible, but that 10 freeway, there was so much carnage on the side of the road. There was trucks flipped over, turned over, wrecked. They didn't necessarily pick them up. Usually when there's a wreck, they get those things off the road right away, right? Cars kind of spun out in the media and it was just all over the place. It was like 500 miles before I got clear skies and good roads. You could just open it up all the way. It was interesting, you know? And then so you have, so then I go and deliver and everything. And then I, go, I end up getting a load you know, the weekend happens, all that. I end up getting a load going back to Denver. And that load going back to Denver, 
again, there was some bad weather in Denver going through the mountain, going through Vail Pass there. But again, they know how to deal with it. They know how to, they, they're experienced. They're not rookies. They know how to deal with all that foul weather stuff. So that being said, um, you know, that was kind of an adventure, man. It was, it was a nerve wracking thing. You just had to exercise more patience and calm. And, you, you know, I understood that I wasn't going to be able to do as much as I was supposed to do or wanted to do or be as, uh, as productive as I wanted to be. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. I didn't get in an accident. I didn't have any of those kind of situations. I didn't get hurt. I'm happy. That That's all that the deal was there. Was the safety was kind of the most paramount thing in the way that you look at dealing with that crazy situation. And who knows what happened in Texas. You know, now there's power and water and everything. And, you know, they're dealing with that whole thing. But that being said, it was odd that I got stuck out there. But uh, moving forward, right? I'm going to talk about the next subject here. So that was that weird thing and everything. If, if, if you're watching this and you were part of that, hit me in the comments. Tell me your opinion of it. You know, I, I like to hear about that. You know, hear about what, what happened to you there. You know, to see somebody else's perspective. Maybe maybe you're used to driving in the weather, right? So anyways, let me talk about this next subject. And this is interesting to me. I was going back and forth on TikTok. And everybody, I was looking at this observation about brakes and, and slack adjusting your brakes and adjusting your brakes and, and, and commercial truck drivers, right? And and so that whole thing is, it's, it's a weird thing because... You have all these opinions of what should be done. And you have one side of the thing is you have these owner operators that have dozens of years of driving. They're like, you can't touch. You have to take this special course and do this and do that. And then the flip side to that is, you know, if you look at this, our green FMCSA book, you know, it talks about that, you know, um, to get your commercial driver's license, you have to know how the air brake system works, right? And let's just jump right into it, right? This air brake system is an ingenious system where it puts air into the system to release the brakes. So, so in an emergency, you lose brakes, the brakes lock up. And it involves the whole braking me mechanism. And there's a, there's a, a system called an S-cam where that S-cam turns and it widens the, the brake drums and it locks the brakes, right? That's how you, you effectively use the brakes. So there's a thing called camming over where that S cam, when it turns, it expands so that the brake pads, if you if you turn it too hard, it'll go over and lock out. Or when you adjust the brakes, if the brakes are worn out, the brake pads are worn out, the S cam only can travel so much, so then you cam it over and it gets stuck, right? So that's a mechanism in place. That's a safety mechanism in place so that you're not driving on worn out brake drums brakes on the on the brake drums right on commercial vehicles right and so a lot of trucks now have disc brakes but this is uh many many vehicles still have drum brakes right so there's a slack adjuster which is it adjusts the pull as the brake pads wear out the s cam can move more so it, it's basically an adjustment right so the way that the way that people understand that the way according to that is if you in order to get your CDL, you have to understand how that works. You have to know how to adjust your brakes. You have to know how to do that. It's your job to know that. Now, can you legally adjust the brakes? Yes, you can. You're expected to know how to do this. And then once you get a year of experience, you're basically authorized to do that. That's kind of what it, it's written into all the owner's manuals, but everybody has a varying opinion of it. And there's this slack adjuster class that everybody keeps talking about. Now, that slack adjuster class, I will not say you can't take that class. You can do whatever you want with that. But that is in addition to how you learn how to adjust your brakes. So you're supposed to know how to to get a CDL. You have to know how to do that already. 
You're expected. It says you have to know how to adjust your brakes. So if you get a CDL and you know how to do that, then to learn how to adjust them on a consistent basis, a year of experience is qualified or you could go get some training. So if you want to go take the slack adjuster certification class, you can do that. But your CDL mandates that you have to know how to do that. So whether you take a class or not, a certification is not required. But if you hear the scuttle, the varying opinions on this whole thing, it goes all over the place. Now, even I could be wrong. Anybody could be wrong about this whole situation. My understanding, it's very clear on there. If you care to look it up, it's 383.113. tells you that you have to know how to adjust them to get a CDL. Now, if you know how to adjust it, then are you authorized to adjust it? Well, in conjunction with the year experience, per, uh, was it 396.25? Look that up. You can go in questions on the on the website and ask them. And with the year experience and your valid CDL, it gives you authorization. Now, if you don't know how to, now, if you got pulled over by a DOT officer and you got told that you don't know, if you tell them that you don't know how to adjust the brakes, isn't that technically you saying that you're not a qualified CDL driver since part of 383.113 asks you, tells you that you need to know how to do that. So if you're supposed to know how to do that and you tell a DOT officer that you don't know how to adjust your brakes, that's a problem. That could put you out of service. Now, am I right or wrong on this? It's up to you. It's up to you. The reason why I even bring up this whole slack adjusting brake thing I'm not telling you go by what I said. Do not go by what I said in this whole deal. If you watch this whole thing, don't go by what I said. Figure it out yourself. It is your job as a CDL driver, because you're going to be held responsible for that, to figure this out and interpret it the way you need to interpret it. And if you have questions, I know we don't want to do this. I know we're not a fan of this, but you should consult DLT and ask them about the legalities of this there has to be a forum because relying on other truck drivers to tell you this is still not planning to go. what i told you today is my interpretation of it what i go by now i could be wrong so it's up to you to figure that out on your own for somebody to tell you that they have all the answers to everything you got to stop listening to that person right and so all i'm saying is i'm telling you what i understand you need to go figure out that on your own and go do that on your own. And and if you don't know how to adjust the brakes, you need to learn how to do it. And learning how to adjust the brakes also entails learning how much brake pad should be left. You're not supposed to, you know, if, if there's no brake pad left when you adjust the brakes, it's going to cam over. In other words, it's going to lock the thing out where you can't use the brakes. So that's a very important part of this whole thing about adjusting your brakes is also knowing how much brake pad do you have before those brakes got to get changed out? Now, when you drive one truck and trailer, if you own it, that's a different story. You know your vehicle. But if you drive for a big company and you're constantly picking up new trailers, old trailers, and you have that question, then that's a very important thing to do. Know how when you look at the brakes and they're real thin brake pads and you need to adjust them, that's an issue. That's a safety violation. So when you go to your DOT, when you call your dispatch, right? Here's the here's the ammunition for the dispatch. You think the brakes are unsafe. You think they're cammed over. You think this, you're that. You need to have all that information and maybe take a couple pictures and send them the pictures. Say, hey, look, it, I went to go adjust my brakes because they were obviously out of adjustment and I know how to do this, right? 
but there's no brake pad on there. I don't want the trailer to, to cam over, right? So we need to do something about this. This vehicle is out of service. This trailer is out of service. Thus, the last person that picked up that trailer should be held responsible. Now, does it matter that it's you? No, it does not matter. You, you know, for me, I know everybody talks about this whole thing about, you know, um, you know, what do you do in that situation? You just tell them, I can't take this trailer. Give me the next one. Give me the next one. What's the next load? Give me the next load, next load, next load. That's not your fault. If the trailer was damaged when you go to hook up of it, hook up to it. Now, if you take that trailer and you drive it down the road 100 miles and you realize that it's messed up, what do you do? Do you say something? Of course you still say something, but you're going to have to eat that punishment. That was your fault that you didn't inspect that trailer property and those brakes didn't work. When you do your tug test, if the brakes are cammed over, that trailer is just going to move when you connect to it. Especially if it's empty, it's not going to have any uh, resistance on it, right? Or if the brakes are not working, it, it, you, if you're not doing that kind of test, then that's your fault. It's very important that when we look at that, we you want to assign responsibility for good or bad habits, right? We all have bad habits. Every one of us in the trucking industry, and we could talk about everything else, but we have bad habits, does everybody do a pre-trick perfectly? Yes, of course you do, according to the eyes of the law and inspection. But do you know? It, it, are, are there times where you make mistakes? Of course. The whole thing is that you don't want to let let a mistake lead to a catastrophic fault where you lose your job, you hurt yourself, you hurt somebody else, you get in a major accident. What happens if you're driving in bad weather and your vehicle doesn't work right? All that is a possibility. So it's up to you to be assertive, right? And and if, if I can give this advice, because I work for mega carriers, I don't work for mega carrier now, but I work for mega carriers. You have to assert your observation and what your beliefs are. And you have to push it. If you don't push it, people, 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 you're going to get pushed. I'm going to tell you a real quick story and I'm going to end this with this, right? I pulled over on the 10 freeway the other day and a Swift driver and, and I hate to talk about, you know, I hate, I, I hate to bring this up, but this guy come up to me and he goes, you know, I got a flat tire and I called my dispatch and they told me it should be okay. Cause I'm light. Do you know where the nearest tire repair center is? I said, I said, look it, I can find one for you on the internet, but I go, you got to look it up yourself. You got to look, I'm not trying to tell you anything. I go, I don't know how experienced you are. I go, if you're driving down the road with a busted tire, what are you supposed to do? Dispatch is telling you it's it's okay, but whose fault is it ultimately, man? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, if you got in an accident, if you get pulled over, who's going to be held responsible for that blown tire? You are. Irregardless of what dispatch says, it's your responsibility to maintain a well-maintained vehicle. So I sat there and I finished my lunch break and that guy took off. He's thanks for the advice, man. Blah blah blah. He just left. I was like, okay, do what you want to do. You know, what did he do? He drove off. Is that the right thing to do? That's not for me to say. I'm not. Would I have done that? No, because I would have held. Because I work for a company like that where they did tell me that once upon a time, and I just held my ground. They couldn't do nothing about it. Right? I look for. I work for a local mega carrier doing containers and I was told the same thing and I just said no I'm not going to do that because if I get a ticket you know 
I could be held liable for that. So that being said, um, you know, do your best. Try to be firm and assertive of what you need to do. That's the biggest thing about trucking is be assertive and firm and believe in the people that can demonstrate the fact that they have the knowledge. Anyways, thanks for watching. If you got this far, 20 minutes, holy smokes, dude. Thanks, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff like that. I, I hate the word follow because, you know, it, this is just me chit-chatting on on youtube and facebook you know you do what you want to do but anyways this is going to be in podcast form as well so you might see it in the podcast if you want to listen to it while you're driving on the road it's cool leave me a comment tell me you think this is stink this is good whatever your opinion of it it's it's valid that's your opinion whether i respond to it or not i don't know but uh, i enjoy the going back and forth talk to you guys later bye Hey, what's up, everybody? So for the podcast listeners, what you're going to be, if you watch the YouTube version of this, this last part of it is just like extra footage. These are like photos that I kind of threw in here at the end of the video. So if you're just listening to it, that's cool. It's fine. I'll give you, you know, they're just like pictures of the snow at the loves when I was at the Houston um, waiting to get unloaded while I was driving in the bad weather. Sometimes I was stuck on a wreck and driving in the snow. And uh, nothing too crazy, but uh, if you care, you can look at the YouTube channel and you can see the visuals on it. You know, I thought they were pretty cool. I just figured I'd throw them in there because, you know, they're photos that I'm taking and, um, you know, some additional content. You know, either way, it's all good, you know. Um, thanks for listening if you're listening on the podcast. And um, if you want to check out the visuals on this, um, you can check them out. This is the last part of the video. It's about three or four minutes of it. So um, either way, thanks. Talk to you guys later. Bye.